Hello, and welcome to Storebrand Spotlight. I'm Greg Sleeter, Executive Editor of Storebrands. Just about every retailer today has a loyalty program. They're used to provide shoppers unique deals or discounts and ultimately allow retailers to collect information about what individuals are buying. But what is the state of loyalty programs? Have they become stale? And what more should retailers be doing with loyalty programs to keep shoppers coming back? To answer these and other questions about loyalty programs is Stephanie Meltzer-Paul, Executive Vice President of Global Loyalty at MasterCard. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you today and an interesting topic since um, I think our phones are full of uh, apps that tie into loyalty programs. Um, Everybody's got them from McDonald's to our local grocery store. So uh, an interesting topic, especially as we head into the holiday season. Um, Stephanie, as we look at, I guess, the loyalty, the business of loyalty programs, if you will, um, it's a necessary piece of doing business today. Um, but at some point, are consumers overwhelmed by the volume of loyalty programs that are available? First of all, Greg, thank you again so much for having me. Um, we here at MasterCard are one of the world's largest loyalty providers. So we are able to see loyalty from a variety of different sectors and industries, and we work with the world's largest brands. Um, so we, we feel like from where we sit, we have a good understanding of the landscape. You are correct. You know, there's stats out there that say the average consumer is within anywhere, maybe 15 to 17 loyalty programs. That's a lot. It's a lot for them to manage, but they absolutely are very relevant. Consumers are still very interested in them. They understand how they work. Um, But brands really need to set themselves apart. They need to make sure that their programs really are leaning in and feeling personalized, that the benefits are relevant to the demographics of their consumer, and that it has a very strong consumer experience. So just having a program is not enough. It has to be a program that is really tailor-made for your brand um, and the strategy of your brand and where it's going. One of the offshoots, uh, and we've heard this a lot this year, especially with some of the economic challenges that consumers are facing, is that as they look to make ends meet, they're becoming less loyal to a brand, whether that brand is on the outside of the store or what's on the store shelves, um, which, is an, which is an interesting factor, again, in an ever-evolving retail marketplace. Um, our, I guess the question is, with inflation, and obviously it's such a big role, um, is it indicative of loyalty programs that maybe are less than successful um, in, or are coming up short in the rewards that they are offering to shoppers? We like to say is loyalty isn't always necessarily a program. It's an outcome. And it's very important for brands to start with. What is the outcome you are looking to achieve? Sometimes that can be in the form of a formal program, think points or cashback. Other times it can just be in a series of exclusive benefits and services that customers sign up for. Maybe it doesn't have a formal program name. It really will vary, but it's very important to start with that outcome, developing your strategy and making sure it feels true to your brand. Consumers are looking for value more and more, and they know that they can get value from formal loyalty programs. So they seek them out more than ever. They're almost expected. They know they're going to be prompted for them. But to continue that engagement, the program has to have a certain level of richness to it to keep their consumers engaged. And that's really where the personalization side of it comes in. Consumers are more savvy these days. They're willing to run the math on programs to understand if they're getting the value back from them. 
One of the uh, offshoots of the economic challenges has been the growth we've seen uh, in sales of private label products um, across retail. Um, can retailers do more with their loyalty program to a- attract shoppers and inform shoppers about the private label products that are in their assortments? Products often can be much higher margin um, for a retailer. So it's an important part of their product mix. They absolutely should be leaning in to extra benefits around private label as part of their programs to really increase flying off the shelves. But you can actually use your loyalty program as a way to test, right? Leaning in, you have that richness of the data, understanding, you know, the difference in mix in terms of who who tends to be more of a buyer of private label versus, um, you know, versus other brands. We also would recommend perhaps based on those learnings, you could design a program that actually has always on either extra earnings, think double points, triple points every day for private label. That's a way to bring a lot of attention or running frequent promotions either around extra earning or even more importantly, um, just working it in in terms of trying to drive trial, right? You know, spend so much, get, you know, free private label product X as an example, really using your loyalty program to drive the trial and the stickiness around it. But I wouldn't necessarily, for most retailers, say to build a program just around private label because consumers are looking for value across many, many parts of the store. And, you, you know, you'll get more data that way. You'll get a bigger return. But private label should definitely be one piece of it. Are loyalty programs an absolute necessity for retailers today, not only to attract new shoppers, but keep, keep people coming back to their stores? I would say having the, the data is the most important thing for a retailer. The benefit of a program is you can do a lot of that. Um, you know, do a lot of trial and error, do a lot of different types of promotions. You have that sort of richness of the data in, you know, that you have throughout the year, but then you can really sort of put on steroids in Q4 to make it work for you. Q4 is not the time for retailers to be testing. There's too much noise in the marketplace regarding um, just the sheer amount of communication that consumers are getting, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal program. It can be loyalty light benefits for is an example where consumers are giving an email address or a phone number and they automatically have access um, to, you know, to different types of, of benefits. But you have to have something that has a sense of stickiness to it that is easily tangible for a consumer to sort of latch onto. Formal programs do that really well. Consumers understand them, but it's not the only path. With loyalty programs, and, and I, don't know, I don't know if this is so much something that we see now, but I think in years past, you'd go into a supermarket, they'd ask you if you have your card, and if you didn't, they would just scan it and you'd get all the discounts or whatever. Um, and I always thought that's odd because it makes me think, well, maybe that program is not special or it doesn't make me feel special as a consumer. Um, do retailers need to make their consumers feel more special with their loyalty programs? special, but it really has to feel personalized. That's even necessarily more than the special. I don't think consumers are always looking to get a benefit that nobody else is getting, but they want to feel that the benefits are tailored to them, that the rewards mean something, and that they also have the flexibility in how and when they're choosing their rewards. That is also very, very important so that flexibility then is, is, is probably more so than that feeling special. That's interesting. Exactly. 
We also do see, um, even outside of retail sometimes, many loyalty programs in the nature of tiers. Sometimes we'll do things like unpublished tiers where they'll take their best customers and they'll give them a separate maybe set of hidden benefits, for example. That's where that specialness and uniqueness comes in. It has to be for really your most loyal customers who are bringing you the highest amount of dollars. And you can do that in sort of an unpublished way, separate from your formal program, which is going to have a bigger um, mass appeal. Throughout the year, um, when you look at the, the expanse of loyalty programs out there from retailers, are there any out there that did something new or unique that caught your attention? I mean, we here at MasterCard, we work with brands around the world. Um, so we know a lot of programs inherently very closely. I would say in each industry, there are many brands doing it well. I think the industry as a whole is much more mature in loyalty. I see very rarely do you find brands that are doing it wrong because what brands understand is that you need to pivot. You need to have a strategy and you need to keep updating your loyalty strategy as your brand strategy is changing. So the maturity level around brands and loyalty um, we see is actually very, very high. They're coming to MasterCard to help you know, help us or we can help them take it to the next level in things like hyper-personalization, things like gamification, things like consumer experience, um, things like, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence. That's really the role that we're helping a lot of brands play now is how can they do something different to cut through all that noise around a lot of programs? You lead perfectly into the next question, um, and I feel like every conversation this year has included AI. Um, what role is AI playing now with loyalty programs, and what role will it have going forward? We're seeing the role of AI in a few places. One, in really the behind the scenes for the loyalty marketers, it's making it easier to set up promotions and offers and really leaning in to that artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, so you know, brands can actually be more, be more reactionary and also more predictive. The second side of it is for the consumer in terms of that hyper-personalization, in terms of the content that is being delivered back. Everything down to not only the, the offer, for example, but even down to the copy, the photography, the logos. You can really get down to that level of, of, of personalization using AI, but you have to have a lot of the, the data. The more data you have, the better you can work with artificial intelligence and machine learning. From your point of view, again, when you look out at the great expanse of retail and loyalty programs, um, who's doing it the best out there? Well, I'm a fan of a lot of a lot of retailers. Um, you know, personally, um, I I do travel a lot. I'm a big fan of the JetBlue program. Um, I have the JetBlue Mastercard, so I'm a big a big fan of theirs. Um, but listen, there's many many retailers doing it well across many sectors, and the, like as I mentioned, the maturity rate around programs is actually really high. And I love to see all the innovation that is coming out in loyalty. There's more investment happening in loyalty across brands. And that's really great to see because the consumer is really the winner in that. Overall, when, you know, retailers are always looking to do something better, looking to make things better, enhance and kind of evolve in what they do. When we look at loyalty programs, what more can they do? What new ideas can they bring to the table to really enhance those loyalty programs? 
I'd like to see more retailers bridge the digital and the in-store. I still think there's a lot more opportunity that could that could happen there um, in terms of that sort of 360 view of a customer in terms of trying to drive both traffic online and then traffic into the physical physical stores. Um, we think a lot of retailers could be doing more with actually in-store events as well as even virtual events. I think there's a lot there that other industries maybe are leaning into. The second one is sort of these kind of access, maybe money can't buy. We're seeing more of that, let's say, in the travel space. Um, I mentioned before unpublished benefits and tiers. That's also a big thing in the travel and the hospitality space. It hasn't really made its way into the retail environment yet. Retailers are still right now thinking more very mass um, and haven't really gotten down to focusing on a very curated set of benefits for maybe their most, their most, you know, unique and highest profitable customers. 